0: Welcome to season two of the Connect FCS Ed podcast. Each episode is geared towards recruiting, supporting, and retaining past, current, and future professional family and consumer sciences educators. I am your host, Barbara Scully, and I want to boldly celebrate families and careers with you. Hi, and welcome back to the Connect FCS Ed podcast. I'm your host, Barb Scully. I am really excited for today's topic of conversation. Today's guest is a personal friend of mine who, it was because of the GP Ideas in Central Washington University where I completed my master's degree, is where I was first introduced. Her name is Jill Parello-Clark, and Jill was on my dissertation committee, which she was able to first hear about the podcast So I'm really excited to have Jill on, but first a little bit about Jill. So Jill, she's a sommelier and as well as a Central Washington University alumna. She holds a bachelor's degree in anthropology and a master's of science in family and consumer sciences and career and technical education, both obtained through Central Washington University in conjunction with the GP Ideas. Jill transitioned into the field of education after completing her master's degree, at which point she began teaching family and consumer sciences classes at the high school level, in addition to teaching wine marketing classes for Central Washington University. Jill taught high school and college level courses concurrently before moving exclusively to higher education in the fall of 2019. It was at that time that Jill also stepped into the role of Wine Studies Program Director, as well as began teaching CTE courses and acting as a field supervisor for teacher practicums for the Business to Industry Route Teacher Certifications. In the fall of 2021, Jill stepped Back into the FCS classroom and accepted a position with Lake Stevens School District as a CTE family health teacher. She currently works full time for Lake Stevens and also serves as an adjunct instructor in wine studies as the program coordinator. So, again, I'm really excited to have Jill on as a guest. We have so much fun just talking about what is the future of CTE and what that looks like, as well as. Talking about teacher certification programs, because we need to talk about the teacher shortage and how we are going to fill that pipeline. And that is what plan two, that business to- industry route, or the alternative certification route. So without further ado, I'm excited for you to tune in to this fun conversation. Hi, Jill, welcome to the podcast. I'm glad to have you with me. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, this is going to be a fun conversation. So Jill and I, we've been having just kind of a side note conversation before the recording. And we just, we have such a heart for CTE. So I'm really excited to have you with me and just talking about, yeah, alternative certification programs. We need to fill that teacher pipeline. So let's just start right out the gate, ground-based level. What is
1: CTE? All right. Well, CTE is an acronym that stands for Career and Technical Education, and that is the current phrase that we use to describe what we used to call vocational education. So we're talking about hands-on, small groups, very structured type of learning environments, and that's essentially what, what CTE is. And whenever you look at mostly ninth through 12th grade education, it breaks down into two categories, general education and CTE. And so CTE tends to be your your electives, your hands-on elective classes. And a lot of times they lead to potential certifications or um, things of that nature that lead into careers. So very career-driven curriculum yeah so no no it does because
0: alternative or non-traditional teaching certification was it was initially introduced for that critical teacher shortages so today alternative certifications has been widely adopted as a way to recruit talented individuals such as we are we're very talented individuals in all subjects who have a passion For teaching, but do not have backgrounds in education. So I came across a really interesting survey um, from the National Center of Education Statistics covering this was its old data, so 2015, 2016, where it says about 18% of public school teachers had earned their teaching license through an alternative certification program. So we are the wave of the future.
1: Yeah, I think that's really interesting. Um, to give a little bit of historical context, um, CTE, or back as it was originally known, vocational education, it, it really came about um, right at the turn of the last century. And it was really this need to, well, it really started with farming. It was the, this need to incorporate some really tangible hands-on skills and techniques to students so that they could actually finish their high school experience and get out there and have some tangi- have a tangible skill set, be able to farm. It was very ag driven in its earliest uh, stages, and then from there we ended up going into World War One, and that model ended up being used to teach teachers how to teach their students uh, tangible things to help with the war effort. So things like how to drive, because again we're talking about the turn of the last century, so um, automotive skills and things of that nature. And so that's that's where CTE really got its foothold. And as we moved through the years and, and come up to where we currently are now, really what CTE does is, again, it, it provides this type of education that really gives students these hands-on tangible skill sets to be able to enter into the workforce. So when that is our goal, we need teachers who come from industry to be able to deliver that kind of curriculum effectively. So what these alternative certification programs really look like is we are trying to find people who have been in industry. So for example, my, I'll speak to my own experience for just a little bit. Um, I did go the academic route. I do have a master's degree through GP Idea, as you do as well. Um, however, I, in, in my prior Incarnations and in, in the workforce, I actually spent a good amount of time as a cake decorator. I worked in a bakery, and that was a tangible skill set that I had. So I took that piece and I spent a good five years in that that role, and I rolled that into being a culinary arts teacher. And so that is a little piece of what the certification programs look like. You take your industry experience and you roll that into becoming a public educator. And what they found is when you have that bit of industry experience, you're able to translate that to your students in a way that gives them that insider look and gives them just a better foothold in, in industry. So that's where these alternative certification programs began. That was the the early stages of it. And they still exist to this day. And that, that's really what I do for Central. Okay.
0: Oh, I love it. So I guess something else that I just find interesting is alternative routes to teaching. They're available majority of states and offer people who have not completed coursework in education. It gives them this opportunity to meet teacher standards and become educator licensed to teach in public schools. And that's something that With you and myself and our backgrounds and everything, that was our foothold. I love that we are able to, I don't know, move forward with the progression of we weren't the ideal teachers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely came to teaching um, a little bit later in life. Um, I mentioned I had a, I I wear a lot of hats. (laughs) When I start to talk about my, my background, I start to giggle a little bit because I, it feels like it's all over the place a little Mm -hmm. bit. So um, yeah, so I definitely had a background as a cake decorator and a baker. I also was in the wine business. I I come from a wine background as well. So um, I was able to parlay that into teaching and what that looks like for the program that I work with at Central, and I wear a lot of hats at Central, I should say that as well. Um, I am the director of the wine program at the moment, and I also work, as I mentioned, a little bit with um, this plan to teacher certification program, and so specifically within that role, uh, working with teacher certification, what we end up doing is we offer an intensified course, and so this is This is something that is open to people who have been in industry and have a certain number of hours in industry who want to get into the classroom, but they don't necessarily want to go the traditional academic route and put four years in for an undergrad and then get their teaching certificate on top of it. So what we do is we look at their uh, work history and we make sure that they have enough hours in that particular area. And then we enroll them in this very intensified program where we have short courses that really give them the background they need to have in how to write lesson plans, how to um, handle classroom management, and we we put them right away into a teacher practicum. So that means they're in the classroom. So everything is very condensed and short, and you can, depending on where you're at, you can get through the program within one summer up to two years, just kind of depending on what route you want to go. So um, yeah, so it's a shorter, quicker, faster way to get into the classroom
0: no it is and actually that is how i got into the program because i for i i went through the central washington university's plan to uh, route and uh, mm-hmm. for endorsement and everything mm-hmm. and i i just graduated with my bachelor's of science degree in i think that was 2017 i believe it was And then immediately I turned around and I enrolled in the CTE uh, endorsement route because I was like, oh my gosh, what am I, what am I going to do? I I know I want to be a teacher. And the reason why I took, well, I was, I finished out my bachelor's of science degree with the program that I started when I was a traditional age college student. So I was just finishing that out. And But I knew at this point, I'm in my mid-30s going, I know I want to be a teacher. That's what I want to do. Okay, now in order to do that, because I have this bachelor's of science in IT, that doesn't come with a teacher cert. So Mm -hmm. I had to go and find something to give me that teacher cert. And CTE was able to offer that for me. And then somehow I fell into family consumer sciences and then it wasn't until after I finished that route that I had to go back, get my master's degree in family consumer sciences, because it is the o- one of the only, it's not the only, it's one of the only routes that you have to have a degree in, in order to teach
1: it. Yeah. So you bring up a really good point in that um, you can get into the classroom through these alternative certification programs. You absolutely can, but sometimes it's not enough. It just depends on where you're at in your life. And sometimes the the option, the better option is to continue to pursue your education. And that can also result in in higher pay, which is a a big deal, honestly, (laughs) when you're in the field of education. So yeah, that's a good point to make is Absolutely. These programs can, can get you in the door, but sometimes you might need to go a little bit further than that to really fulfill your needs.
0: Yeah. So yes. Can you become a teacher if you don't have a degree? Yes, you can. can.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. What areas can you teach if you don't have a degree? Yeah. So if you do not have a degree, you're going to pull on your work experience and that brings us to the realm of CTE. So some really good examples of trans, um, of, careers that transition into the classroom would be gosh. Okay. So I'm familiar with family and consumer science. So that's where my mind immediately goes. So if you have a background in something like culinary arts, um, I had a baking background, so that was a transitional thing for me. I was able to translate that into the classroom, um, hospitality, hospitality, tourism, event management. That is something that can transition into the classroom under family and consumer science. And I had a little bit of that as well, coming from the wine industry. Um, Things like sewing, if you come from some, if you have a skill set in that area, that can transition into a family and consumer science teacher. Um, Other things that I have seen transition, real estate agent, that can transition into the classroom, Um, anything that falls into the realm of CTE. So we can also get into more um, things like machine shop, welding, uh, these kinds of hands-on you know, backgrounds that, that have more, more hands-on tactile type of um, components to them. Those, those translate into being uh, CTE courses and you can get into the classroom with that.
0: Yeah. So th- would that be considered the initial CTE certificate?
1: Yes, that would be your initial certificate. Absolutely. All
0: right. So with that initial CTE certificate, that is the first level that an educator then can apply for if they've completed either a university or their business and industry route. And I think we should even touch base. So business and industry. Yeah. What if, what is that?
1: Yeah. So that is the official name for the, this particular alternative certification program that Central offers. So it's called business and industry route. And you can go to the website for Central Washington University, W www.cwu.edu. And in the search field, you can type in business and industry route, and you can get all the information you need on pursuing this kind of an experience. And so that's, that's the name of the program. So we are looking for people who have industry experience that they are um, interested in parlaying into education. So uh, that, that's what it is, looking for people who have something to bring to the classroom, some industry experience, some hands-on uh, training that they can use to become a teacher.
0: Well, yes, but also have the heart for being a teacher
1: because,
0: you know, we, we have to be honest, you and I, before, before recording, we were talking about just the, the hardships we've been experiencing Uh just this school year alone. So yes, you have to have the heart to be a teacher. You have to like being around kids because unfortunately there are some excellent teachers, but they don't they don't like kids.
1: Yeah, and so that really brings me to the the role that I took on with this business and industry route as uh, teacher certification program. I'm really focused on the practicum experience, so I'm a field supervisor and I have been for the last I suppose two, maybe going on three years. And the reason I focused in on that is the exact reason that you just brought up. Becoming a teacher requires more than just content knowledge. It requires an additional skill set. It requires a tremendous amount of patience and and the heart, really the heart. And I know when I stepped into teaching, that was a big thing for me. It was a shock to the system. You know, I came from a very hospitality driven industry, um, very customer service focused that is not a skill set that's really going to serve you as a teacher necessarily is what I found. And that can be, that can be really challenging. And so I focused in on the practicum experience really based on the struggles that I went through whenever I was student teaching, because I, um, it it was again, such a struggle for me that I really wanted to go back and connect with people that were in that same space, trying to make this jump from business to industry into the classroom to try to help shepherd them through that experience because it's challenging it's challenging for people when they have 15 maybe 20 years in a specific industry and they're used to those dynamics to now get in front of a classroom with 30 different students that come from different backgrounds and different skill sets and they learn differently to be able to to reach them that that's a lot and um, yeah and that's that's what the practicum experience does we get them in the classroom. And we try to support them as best we can while they're, they're making that jump. So,
0: so with that, you, you bring up an important topic is, can you teach and be paid at the same time doing your practicum?
1: You, well, you can, and you would need an emergency teaching certification. If you have an emergency teaching cert, um, and you work with your district, it is possible to do that, but it does take a little bit of legwork and you need to really kind of work with your, your district HR. Um, director to make sure that you can pull that off but yeah, you can you can and I did that a little bit yeah I did that a little bit whenever I was um going through my student teaching experience
0: yeah no for me I was so going into my first FCS classroom I was a long-term sub and so emergency cert no problem then I got into then I I moved and I was still I had a full job, a full-time job. It wasn't a long-term sub or anything like that. No, it was a, it was a full job. But again, I was emergency cert or not emergency. I was now conditional. I was a conditional cert and showing documentation that I was going through my master's program Mm -hmm. to be able to support that. But there is also a timeline on that. So it's really important to be able to to show your documentation of proof of the programs that you are completing in order to be in compliance with your state because here in Washington yeah we have the the business and industry routes we you know plan one which is your university route plan two is that business and industry but I don't know is that transferable over to let's say next door to us Idaho um what does that look like so I think There's a lot of, I guess, questions that are up in the air when it comes to our our certifications, our our alternative certifications programs um, transferable in other states.
1: That's a really good uh, question that you brought up. And I don't know the answer for that for every single state, but I think that it's something that it's, it's good that you bring that up so that we can put that little disclaimer out there. We are specific to Washington State. And if you are outside of Washington State, you're going to probably need to do a little bit of digging and check in with your, your district and your, your state-level um, education department to make sure that, um, yeah, that the, the things are in place that you need to be in place to be successful.
0: Exactly. So I guess that kind of brings up uh, my, my last question for right now is, are all alternative certification programs as good as traditional programs? I'm a little biased, but I'd love to get your, your input.
1: Um, well, (laughs) (laughs) they can get you in the door. And I think that's a valuable thing because teaching is not an easy profession, so it can get you in the door and it can get things started and you can see if it is something that you really enjoy. And if it is, you can kind of reevaluate where you're at and, and take into consideration where you're at in your life and what your needs are and you might need to pursue additional education potentially to, to get you where you need to be. The alternative certification programs are w- where the big disconnect potentially is, is, is in pay. It is in pay. And that, that varies from district to district. Uh, most school districts have I can't talk. Most school districts have a salary schedule that um, it's almost like a multiplication table where it's your years of service on one side, and then you kind of match it up with your level of education. So when you are pursuing an alternative certification, it doesn't necessarily align with that, that salary schedule, because you're kind of outside of the norm. And so where your pay falls is going to determine, is is going to be determined district to district. So that's something you're going to want to look at for sure. And make sure that the pay is going to be where you need it to be, to be successful. If not, you might need to jump back in there and pursue traditional, uh, university route for teacher certification to supplement your, make sure your pay is where it needs to be.
0: No. And I, yes, I agree. And I think, I think we would be, a huge disservice to our listeners to think that, Oh, we're not in it for the pay. We're in it for the pay. We're working. There's no shame in looking at salary schedules and comparing. I, for a a long time, I was like, no, I just, I I'm in it for the kids. I want to, which yes, my heart is in it for the kids, Mm -hmm. but you have to be able to, you have to provide a living for yourself.
1: Yeah. And Mm
0: -hmm. and as a high school educator, and I know for you, you're eighth and ninth grade, Mm -hmm. we sacrifice, we sacrifice a lot. We sacrifice our own personal boundaries sometimes with our Mm -hmm. students um, to meet them where they need to be met at the at that particular time um, in moment in time. And there's yeah, you have to learn how to set up those boundaries and you also have to, you have to be okay with saying no.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Teaching is not an easy profession. It is not. And at this point I have worked with fifth grade through master students. So <laughs> I've worked with this broad spectrum of age groups. None of it is easy. None of it is easy. In fact, I think the younger grades are a little bit more challenging, um, at least for me personally. So when you are putting that much effort out there, you're trying to meet students where they are, it is, it can be very draining and very difficult. And um, when you have that coupled with, coupled with, um, maybe a salary that isn't necessarily where it needs to be, that can be really disheartening. So you're, you're absolutely right. We do, we would be doing a disservice. We didn't actually speak about that a little bit. You know, we, we do need to be able to live. We do need Mm -hmm. to be able to be compensated for our time. So that is a piece of it. And, you know, you, you always hear the, the saying teachers, uh, no one goes into education for the money. You know, we go into it with our hearts open, wanting to, you know, be able to work with the next generation. And that's, that's true, but we also need to be able to live. Yeah. So it's yeah, a fine balance there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I think the, uh, the saying goes, we're not in it for the income we're at, we're in it for the outcome. For the and outcome. it's like, um, well, no. I I am in it for the income, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I because I need to live. I'm supporting my own family, and my kids are going to be going off into. I have one who's probably going to go into graphic design, and mm-hmm. I have another one who is going to go into biology. So she's pursuing university route, and so it's like no, I. We're in it. I'm in it for the money. And there is absolutely no shame because I think there is a lot of shame when it comes to being an educator and money, um, financials. I think that's a whole nother topic. But we as educators, we need to we need to live. We need to support our own families. Mm -hmm. We're we're not always sacrificing. (laughs) We have to have our needs met as
1: well. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up. That is absolutely (laughs) valid. It's true. It's true. It's true. Yes.
0: So what is in, what's, what do you think is the
1: future of CTE moving forward? Oh gosh. Um, Yeah. Well, I want CTE to, I'm kind of making a joke here. I want it to save education. Honestly, I am such a believer in CTE. I'm so glad that I stumbled into this, this realm, this field. Uh, Once I really started understanding what CTE is and how it can reach students, I have just never looked back. I'm just such a believer in it. Um, one thing I love about CTE is that it is hands-on education. These are the classes where you are actually making things. You are working in small groups. I used to teach culinary arts at Mount Vernon High School. And so that was where I did my student teaching. And that was some of my first um, uh, teaching jobs were, were with that district. And that's what I did. I was a, I taught beginning foods. I taught advanced foods. Um, and I loved that. I loved that small group dynamic. And you, you see it in students. They enjoy that too. They really... Um, I think they really thrive in that environment. They're able to work together, work collaboratively. While they're working collaboratively, they are reading a recipe, they're interpreting it, they are delegating duties, they are working together. And then at the end of it, they have a product that they can share. And in this scenario, it's food. They're they're able to sit down and eat. So not only are they learning, but all of these basic needs are being met. You know, I keep talking about Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And to me, that's where it really comes into play is whenever their base level needs are being met they're they're capable of higher order thinking and that's what i think cte can really bring to the table and this year in particular has has had so many challenges in the classroom you know we've just come off of two years basically of online schooling and i think that's what our students are really needing they're needing to reconnect they're needing to work in small groups and kind of make up for lost time and establish that skill set before they can before they are capable of higher level learning they need they need those base level needs to be met So, when I think of CTE and the the big picture, I think there's so much potential there to to really meet students' needs and kind of knit together a fractured education system, because that's kind of where we're at, things are fractured right now, it's hard, Um, you know, this year, last couple years have presented so many challenges. That we kind of need to regroup, and I'm hopeful, and I'm probably overly optimistic because I am such a believer in CTE. I'm hopeful that CTE courses can really start to do that. So I'm out there just singing the praises all the time, you know. So that's that's what I'm that's what I'm hoping for.
0: I 100% agree, and and hopeful, much like you, that that is where. CTE is going to be taking it's it's paving a new pathway for our students and our future students and meeting their needs of where they are right now it is yeah in in such a way you bring it up it's meeting their needs right now and for that the Maslow's hierarchy of needs of um that base that security and in meeting um they their basic forms of what they need right now is that trauma-informed care. That's that's what it is. And mm-hmm. then we can move on. As soon as we establish that, then we can move on to that higher level thinking like you mentioned. And I uh, uh, agree completely that CTE can do that. That's I think that's a wave of the future.
1: I, I do too. I, I think it hits so many of the needs. Again, they've they've been removed from each other. They've been doing online school. And so what I saw at the beginning of this school year was just this burning desire to either one, connect with each other or two, they were so so shy that they were afraid to connect. Like they've lost that skill set. Mm-hmm. Either way, they were, they were somewhere lost in, in that. And I think just reintroducing small group dynamics, starting small and building on that can start to really kind of knit together some of the things that have been lost over the last couple of years, that socialization piece. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that, that CTE can really bring that. So we'll see where it goes. I'm, I'm out there ready to advocate for CTE on, on all levels. So,
0: Well, it just kind of brings it back to what CTE in uh, 21st, learning, uh, 21st century skills are, and that's collaboration, uh, mm-hmm. problem-solving. I'm missing out on the several other uh, key components of it, but that's, that's it. We're, it's 21st century learning skills. 21st century
1: skills. Yeah. You need to be able to work in a group dynamic. You need to be comfortable with that. Um, Yeah. that, That is the wave of the future is to be, be able to collaborate. And so whenever you can incorporate that into the learning model, I think, that's when you get some really solid results, you know, not only are they getting the content knowledge, but again, it's, it's hitting these other needs, these other base needs. And that, that's so gratifying to see too, you know, as a teacher, it's so gratifying when you see these students that are, and I feel like right now, second semester for me, I'm just starting to see that where you, you know, you see a student that comes in and they're, they're shy they are uncomfortable and they, you slowly start to build a relationship with them and they start to build a relationship with other students by working in these kinds of environments, by working in small groups on projects. Um, they, they, when they start to come out of their shell, it's just so gratifying because you know, not only are they learning the content, they're slowly starting to develop the skill set that they're going to need as an adult. And you can see it happening before your eyes. And it, it just is. It's, I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well,
0: it's that I I always tell uh, my I tell my students that it's like I love an active and loud classroom. Yes, there's when I say loud, there's a degree of <laughs> what yeah, that. Loud. Oh. I want people talking. I don't like silence because mm-hmm. when there's activity and um and conversations happening, there's act it's active learning. It is. Mm -hmm. And I love it. I love it. So I always, I always tell my students, I'm like, it's so quiet in here. Why aren't you
1: talking? And they're like, but miss, it's like, no, don't but miss me. I want you to talk. (laughs) You can turn to your, your shoulder partner and check in, you can work together. Yeah, no, you're right. It's that fine line, right? You don't want chaos, but if you can just get a little bit of a. You can get the energy moving a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it feels good, and you can feel it as a teacher. You can feel when they're there and it's buzzing, and everyone is doing what they need to be doing, and, it, and you're in the right. You're in the right zone. It feels great, you yeah. know. energy. Yes. In the right. mm-hmm. and
0: that oh. is that's when you go home and you're like, and you just give yourself a high
1: five. You're yeah, like, those are the best days, right? Those yep. are. You just had um, a day like that. So not only do I do do this work for Central, but I'm an adjunct for Central. I also, um, as you mentioned, I I teach eighth and ninth grade at Cavalero Mid-High in Lake Stevens School District. So I'm a health teacher. And so um, in one of my health classes, we just did, it's one of my favorite lessons. I've been doing it for years. So I just adapted it for this age group. But before we talk about nutrition... It's one of the topics we cover in health, we do um, a model of the digestive system and I have them put it together on an apron. So they make an apron that has all the different pieces of the digestive system on it labeled. Everything has to, you know, all the organs are defined and it's a hands-on activity. They work with a group. They're cutting out these different um, principles that, you know, it's the stomach and the esophagus and all of these things. Um, but you can feel the energy in the room. They're working together. They're learning and it feels great. And those are like my best days when I come home and I'm like, Oh, I can feel the room. The energy was so good. They were learning. They were socializing. And at the end of the day, they, they knocked that assignment out of the park. I mean, you can ask any one of the kids in there what the gallbladder does, and they'll be able to tell you. And that's, that's fantastic for me. Like to, for me, that's a win across the board. Like they learned, they socialized, they were happy. Um, yeah. So to me that is CTE in a nutshell.
0: Well you just you bring up one of my favorite team building exercises that I do at the beginning of every trimester and so I just started my 3rd third- third and final leg of the 21-22 school year trimester uh, this last week and so I have interior design one and two um, and I did this for for both both of my interior design classes but it is I have you know three by five note cards and I pass them out to all of the tables and I make sure that everybody is in groups of three to four in a table and they're they're looking at the stack of note cards so like what are we going to do i'm like just hold on and then i say okay so everybody here now has a, a stack of note cards your job is to build the tallest and the most structurally sound paper building out of all of these note cards and they're like what miss there's there's a lot i'm like yeah you can do it it yeah. and and I do this, oh, it's about the last 20 minutes of the, the class. And because the, at the beginning of the class, they're doing their like about me slide, uh, just introducing themselves. And then I break them in. And so that's their individual time to kind of do a little reflective thinking. And then we go into that collaboration time. And I have students asking, can we get on the tables? I'm like, you can kneel on the tables you could sit on the tables you can't stand on the tables and but they all of a sudden you see the the energy you mm-hmm. see you hear them kind of whispering to one another I'm like yeah you guys talk to your group how are you guys gonna do this I had a group go down to the floor and set it up that way so that way the the structure could be really tall and then I had other students who just, They're like, oh, we're just going to leave it here on the table and, and build that way. But it was just, it was really interesting to see the different, uh, the different ways that they were all communicating and collaborating on one project together.
1: Yeah. I love that. And to me, that's the foundations of solid, well, back it up a little bit. (laughs) Um, I feel like that's really a solid foundation for, for learning right there, you know, um, I, I just, I get that so much, you know, when they are, when the vibe is good and the energy is good, they're learning. They're not a passive recipient of information at that point, right? You're not just lecturing to them. They are actually, actually taking hold of their own learning experience themselves. And I think that's when they're more receptive. I think that's when they're they're doing more learning is when they're in the driver's seat and they're communicating with each other and they are just taking a more active role in, in the project itself. I think they're just they're taking in the information and they're processing it and they're using it right there on the spot. So that's that's one of the biggest things I, I take away from CTE is, is that piece right there, rather than um, the lecture model, which we, we know that that was the thing for years, right? And, and a lot of times in higher ed, that still is the thing is the lecture model. But I do think that people across the board, this is just my opinion, I think they learn better when they are actively taking a role in their own learning experience, you know, when they are collaborating, when they are seeing what other people think, when they are making decisions, when they are involved in the process themselves. I just, that's my own personal opinion.
0: (laughs) No, I, I agree because I think it's also reaffirming what they already know, because I don't know, for me, it's like, gosh, I know all of these things but I won't say anything. And then I hear it come from somebody else and it just kind of validates what I'm already thinking. It's like, oh, okay. I was on the right page. And so that, that is what our classrooms are all about. That's what I'm excited for, for CTE and moving forward in the future. It's like we, it's making, yeah, it's, we're no longer passive. It is, it's an engaging classroom environment and that's, yeah, so many good things are coming out of CTE right now. And yeah, I'm a hundred percent hopeful for the future.
1: I am too. I, I definitely, yeah, I feel inspired by it. Uh, most days I should say <laughs> <laughs> most days. I'm, I'm inspired by the potential that CTE, ha- CTE has, and um, I just want to see it grow. I want to see it grow. I want to see it thrive. I'm hopeful that some of the, the, the um, Base elements of CTE can potentially be incorporated into other disciplines, and I think we might find some traction there. Again, um, we've come off of some some really hard years in education, and I think there's probably going to need to be a little bit of restructuring down the road. We're kind of we're doing the best we can right now, but I think as we move forward, we're going to have to adapt a little bit more and and to make sure that, um, you know, we're staying relevant and, and meeting students where they are. And I feel like this is going to be a bigger piece of the pie of the, the education pie is incorporating some of those, those CTE concepts, maybe, yeah, maybe into other disciplines as well. Yeah. So- Well, I, yeah, we'll see. But if anybody is curious on
0: wanting to learn and have more additional information and resources when it comes to CTE, you need to go to Advanced CTE, their website. It's for state leaders connecting learning to work. And then we have the Association for Career and Technical Education. And that acronym is ACTE. So, yes, check out Advanced CTE. CTE, their website, and then the Association for Career and Technical Education. Well, Jill, I have loved having our conversation, and you're going to have to come back on because you have some really good stuff, and I'm excited to, to partner up with you.
1: Yeah, I'm into it. Reach out anytime. Happy to help. Awesome. Well, we are better
0: together, my friends, and as always, let's continue leading student success with FCS. Barbara Scully from the Connect FCS Ed podcast presents a fresh take on recruitment and support for today's modern home economics educators in the Family and Consumer Sciences FCS classroom, sharing insightful stories, strategies, and resources in a fun and sustainable and practical way. Each episode focuses on a different aspect of modern home economics, from community engagement, leadership, classroom management to lessons and more. Each episode brings a different perspective, offering expert professional development, interviews from the collaborative worldwide FCS community, with the hope that it will inspire and empower you to make informed decisions. Together, we are better at leading the way to student success with FCS.